Media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that likes to look at old and almost completely forgotten pieces of media and shine a light on them so you, the internet, uh, can enjoy them. I am your host, Steve, and with me is, well, not with me, is my normal uh, co-host, uh, Yehel. Uh, he's uh, out sick for the day, so <laughs> we wish him the best. He's got some sort of... Uh, obscure uh, sickness <laughs> some sort of obscure well probably shouldn't make fun of it uh, but i'm sure he'll be fine um please join our chat if you're watching us live um because we're here and by we of course i mean me and hopefully you are here to talk about that's right thunder and paradise the uh <laughs> The Hulk Hogan syndicated TV show, but this is actually the, uh, I guess it's the direct video um, movie, and uh, this was uh, Hell's Choice, and uh, I watched it, and then he called and told me that he was sick, and I was like, well, gee, now what do I do? Well, well, since I was forced to watch this, I decided to go ahead and do an episode anyway, uh, <laughs> Because you guys need to know about Thunder in Paradise, whether you want to or not. But before we get to our feature presentation, first, we get to a little segment I like to call Hot Topics. Hot Topic. Not cold, not warm, but hot, 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 Topic. All right, there's a, not a whole lot that went on today, uh, but one, or this week, I should say, but a big one, I guess, depending on if you're into manga or anime or not, is uh, Kintaro Miyura, I apologize if I didn't pronounce that correctly, the creator of the Berserk manga, has died at the age of 54. Um, as you can see, I am checking out uh, the Forbes website here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was actually uh, reported by Forbes on uh, a lot of like big media outlets, which I find uh, pretty interesting because uh, if he would have, you know, passed away back in the 90s, uh, they wouldn't have given uh, two craps, uh, if you will, because, you know, anime just wasn't a big deal back then, although it was a big deal to me. And speaking of big deals, yeah, I mean, I watched the Berserk uh, anime for sure. I remember my roommate and I at the time we rented it from Blockbuster and watched uh, pretty much the entire series and thought it was pretty cool. I don't know, did they ever have a follow up to it or not? Because uh, I remember it left on quite the cliffhanger. And then I remember years later in the bookstores, I would see the uh, Berserk manga, um, which is. Uh, uh, quite <laughs> there's quite a few of those and I really didn't know uh, where to begin like I think the anime was actually like a uh, a prequel 
and it showed how uh, how Guts, the main character, how he got all of his uh, weapons and got all messed up and uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember skimming it and being like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, it's one of those things where there was just too much continuity for me to deal with at the time. But someday, my friends, someday I am going to read the Berserk manga. And uh, maybe you should, too. Uh, yeah, so he passed away at the age of uh, 54. I don't know, from what I understand, um, manga artists uh, work like super hard um like i mean the asian work ethic is something that i as a caucasian can just barely uh comprehend uh, i can only imagine that the japanese one is uh just as uh, just as strong uh, as all the other little uh subsects and um and yeah and i remember there was also a, a berserk um dreamcast game which uh i remember playing and it was uh, pretty cool um but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's too bad, man. Fifty-four. Like, did he just draw so much and sit at a table for so long that it caught up to him? I certainly hope not. Uh, remember, everything in moderation, and that includes you know sitting at a desk and drawing, or in my case, sitting at a desk and streaming and podcasting. So uh, moving on, um, we're going to go to our next segment, and here it is. Killing time. So this is a segment where I like to talk, or we like to talk about stuff that uh, we've been doing, basically to just uh, pass the time when we're not busy, you know, with our regular jobs or with um you know our uh, projects and whatnot and i've always wanted to go through uh, i'm a big fan of uh, amazon prime and tubi because there's just so many movies to choose from especially ones that are uh, super obscure that might have you know fallen under the radar like maybe i mean stuff that actually got a theatrical release back in the 80s or 90s and for whatever reason, uh, nobody talks about him anymore. Uh, so, you know, I like going into a movie like completely fresh, not knowing what's going on. However, there are, you know, if I can look at the date and be like, oh, look at that, uh, 1982 and see that, you know, like a young Jeff Fahey was in it, then I know it's probably going to be a, a good movie. So I'm going to go basically go through my um, prime video here and see if I can't pick out a few hidden gems for uh, the listeners or watchers. And uh, this one here, this was a weird one. It's called The Passion of Darkly Noon. And it came out in 1996 and stars a, a very young Brendan Fraser. Or Fraser? No, it's Fraser. Ashley Judd and Vigo Mortensen. And uh, the synopsis here is Raised in a religious cult, a young man moves into a new town and falls in love with a mysterious beauty who may be a witch. He turns to violence as his obsession grows unbearable, bearable. Uh, now, I haven't actually uh, finished this one yet. I could tell that, you know, they didn't require a huge budget for this because it's basically just a uh, couple, you know, a couple characters show up at this uh, woman's house that is out in the middle of um, nowhere, basically. And um, wackiness ensues. Uh, not really wackiness. I mean, this is a pretty good... Um, uh, suspense uh, thriller, if you will, and it's also just interesting to see 
you know, stars when they're kind of just getting started, starting out. So like a young uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, Vigo Mortensen, like, I mean, I didn't even know he was even in stuff until Lord of the Rings. I mean, I just thought, you know, he was born and then somehow ended up in the Lord of the Rings. Like <laughs> that part of his life in between that, I mean, does it even matter? Uh, watch The Passion of Darkly Noon and maybe you'll get your answer. Uh, so what else do we have here? Um, I recently watched, it is considered a prime, a prime original, even though I'm sure they had nothing to do with it. It took me a while to watch it. Come on, just show up. My goodness. All right. Don't make me use the search box. All right. I'm just going to use the search box. Um, let's see. The... Um, no, here we go. All right. Um, it is The Handmaiden, which is a, a Korean film uh, directed by Park Chan-wook. And you may be familiar with his earlier work. Everybody loves Old Boy, the you know actual Old Boy. And then there's Stoker and Lady Vengeance, although I've never seen uh, Lady Vengeance, but... His stuff is uh, great, uh, super intense. Now, I don't know why it took me so long to see The Handmaiden, but I have a feeling it has to do with like the, um, the art, the image um, to um, <laughs> promote the film here on uh, Amazon. It's pretty boring. It's just basically uh, two men and two women, and they're wearing uh, suits, and they're basically looking straight at the camera and it doesn't tell you anything about the film, which makes it look incredibly boring. Um, but I don't know why I missed Park Jan-wook, um, his name the whole time, because uh, anything that he's associated with is really good. And I think the reason why the artwork is so boring is because um, they can't really reveal anything about the movie because there's a lot of twists and turns. Like once you think you have it figured out, it blows your mind again and again and again. And as long as you're cool with watching subtitles, uh, which you should be, you uncultured fine, uh, then I think you will highly enjoy The Handmaiden. Uh, so, okay, let's do one more movie, and then we will go on to our feature presentation. <laughs> There's the handmaiden there. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, Thunder Road. Um, and the synopsis is as follows. Thunder Road follows a southern police officer, Jim Cummings, on his journey to raise his young daughter as a love letter to his late mom. Heartwarming and hilarious, Jim struggles to cope with everyday life, winner of the Grand Jury Prize at South by Southwest. And it's directed by Jim Cummings, starring Jim Cummings, Neekin Robinson, and Kendall Farr. Uh, janitor was uh, Jim Cummings. Uh, he also did the catering. Uh, no, I'm kidding, of course, but... Uh, this movie is awesome. <laughs> Jim Cummings is uh, quite the talent, the powerhouse, the talented powerhouse. He is um, so funny and serious and quirky at the same time. This feels like it could have been like a, a Coen Brothers movie, um, but 
but not. Um, and ah, I just I can't recommend it enough. Like it's basically a, a character study, um, but a character study dramedy. Um, and I can't recommend it enough as well as uh, the other Jim Cummings movie that <laughs> that he's a genre all into himself uh, called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, I said I was going to be done, but I guess I'm not. Let's see if that one's in here. Um, anyway, I can just summarize it for you. I mean, basically, it's a lot like Thunder Road, except for it is a horror movie. Um, and it, uh, it appears that the werewolf, a werewolf, is killing people in the small town. Uh, and Jim Cummings, again, plays a cop. I don't know why he always likes to play uh, police officers, but hey, he does a great job. So, I mean, really... Just check out anything Jim Cummings is involved with. It's uh, super good. And speaking of things that are super good, we are going to move on to our super good feature presentation. Welcome to your feature presentation. Give me a one moment. Okay, so <laughs> if you're watching, here we are at the IMDb of Thunder in Paradise. Um, as I said, uh, well, we agreed to watch this, but uh, Yehel was the one who suggested it. And uh, here's the synopsis. It's uh, Terry Hulk Hogan, which that still isn't his real name. Um, Hulk Hogan's real name is Terry Bollea, in case anyone cares. Terry Hulk Hogan stars as R.J. Hurricane Spencer, who is an ex-Navy SEAL and confirmed bachelor struggling to make ends meet in order to save his superboat, <laughs> Thunder, uh, and ultimately his business. Spencer is forced into a marriage of convenience with the snobby Megan Whitaker. When Megan gets kidnapped, it's up to Spencer and his partner, Brew, that's brew, not grew, uh, to save the day or risk losing everything. Um, yeah, so this came out all the way back in uh, 1993. And I think I remember seeing this VHS at the video store, um, but never getting around to uh, renting it. I think maybe this was probably when... Uh, sort of Hulk star was kind of falling a little bit and even myself as a I don't know how old what was I in even myself as a 12 year old in 1993 uh, was probably even starting to lose interest and probably looked at it and thought man does this look uh, super lame and I would always uh, pass by it although later on when Thunder in Paradise became a syndicated TV show I would catch a few episodes uh, here and there. I would watch it kind of in the same way that I would watch uh, Star Trek. Uh, in the way that if it was on and I had nothing else to do, uh, I would uh, check it out. And I think it used to also come on after Nitro or one of those other wrestling shows. But uh, let's take a look at the cast list here. Of course, we've got Terry Bollea. <laughs> I mean, Hulk Hogan is <laughs> RJ Hurricane Spencer. Um, Megan or Felicity Waterman played Megan Whitaker. That's Hulk's ex-wife or 
then they get married i don't know it's so confusing uh carol alt uh played kelly larue um let's see which one she was i guess it would help if they mm, i think she's like the uh the girl who's always chasing after a hulk um we'll get to that later Robin Weissman was Jessica Whitaker, who was uh, Hulk's ex-wife's uh, mother. Um, Chris Lemon, <laughs> and boy is he a lemon, played Martin Brew, Brew Baker. What a, what a nickname. Uh, Patrick McNee played uh, Edward Whitaker. Sam J. Jones played David Kilmer. And Charlotte Ray was Lola Miller. Lisa Stahl was Nicole. Sandra Thigpen was Citra. Uh, oh yeah, she's like a, a bad bad guy. Uh, Russ Blackwell was <laughs> Shanks. That's got to be a b- bad guy. And uh, Jim Neidhart, the wrestler, that is Jim the Anvil Neidhart, played Norman Kowalski. Um, it's funny that his uh, the person he was playing has a more regular name than he does. Um, Jorge Gonzalez was Terra... Terremoto, um, and he—that's actually the giant, giant Gonzalez slash El Gigante um, for you wrestling savvy people. And Michael Edwards, <laughs> I guess he played someone because the name isn't uh, mentioned next to it. And then Fred Adaviano played um, the private investigator. Whew. So, oh man, where to begin with this? Uh, we open, of course, with. Uh, bikini babes um, lotioning up themselves um, in classic 90s uh, Baywatch fashion. I mean, if you've never seen this show, uh, the best way to describe it is like Baywatch meets um, Knight Rider uh, through the fever dream of some Florida guy. (laughs) And that Florida guy being one Terry Bollea, Hulk Hogan, who I don't know if you know or not, He's from Terry, uh, Terry. He's from Tampa, Florida. Probably the greatest export ever from Tampa, Florida. Um, aside from myself and one Yehel Velasquez, of course. So um, let's go through my notes here. Um, so basically, after the girls get done setting <laughs> themselves for our enjoyment, like I mean, you gotta stop. You gotta stop you right there. And I mean. This show was obviously uh, made for men. You know, back in the day, I guess shows would, you know, try to actually appeal to, like, different groups and demographics. You know, nowadays, everything's got to be for everyone. Um, so if you're going to watch this and you're easily offended, you're probably going to be offended. Even though, I mean, it's all real PG stuff. Um, but anyway, the girls are lotioning themselves up and boom, the theme song starts Bumping. And man, is it a great piece of like late 80s, early 90s, like cheese. It's actually a pretty cool theme song. And along comes the thunder. And the thunder is the name of this boat. Um, and uh, see, oh, there's the thunder right there in the background. I See, I think the boat should be front and center. And Hulk with his weird empty stare should probably be in the back. Like the the boat should have gotten top billing is what I'm saying here because the boat is like, <laughs> I mean the entire plot and like show is all built around this boat. Um, in fact, like if you want to look at the theme of Thunder in Paradise, it's all about the love, the love of a man and his boat. 
Okay, so here we go. Um, so along comes the boat and the girls, of course, they're all swooning because, you know, even though I assume they live in Florida, they've never seen a boat with the power of thunder. And uh, of course, like um, Hulk um, in, and Brew are like chilling, you know, they're just driving and they at one point they give like a <laughs> predator style sort of uh, fist bump. And then they decide, what's this? They can go inside the thunder? Oh my gosh, mind blown. I didn't see that coming, although that I did because I've watched the show before. But I, I can all, if only I could put myself in the shoes of a viewer who's never seen Thunder in Paradise before. And then all of a sudden, what? They're going inside the speedboat? I mean... Surely that would have shaken me to the core. So they go in there and then there's a bunch of like, basically Brew goes down there and he's on the set of like some forgotten Star Trek show that never made it, which is supposed to be the inside of the boat. Um, whatever, there's all these flashy dials and stuff and um, and it's fun. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of times people use the word fun to describe in place of stupid it's definitely stupid, but it's also uh, fun. I mean, what a 12-year-old Florida boy wouldn't want to have like a high-powered speedboat where you could <laughs> go around and solve mysteries and other people's problems and stuff? Uh, I'm sure uh, Hulk did, which is why they uh, you know, invented this show. Uh, so anyway, um, moving on. Uh, one odd thing about this is that Hulk has an eye patch the whole time, and I don't remember him having that before. And I think he actually had something wrong with his eye. Um, I think a, a touch of the old pink eye, if you get my drift. <laughs> I heard a, uh, a horrible limerick uh, involving pink eye and a sexual act, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'll spare you that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Hulk is looking almost like full-on pirate in this. And he drives a boat. It's like, it's almost like a big joke. Kind of like this show. Um, so, so yeah, like, they are going into uh, international waters. Or more specifically, they're going to Cuba in this high-tech boat that has, like, rocket launchers and uh, machine guns and all kinds of like crazy stuff um they're going to uh, basically extract this guy's uh, wife and kid from cuba because you know they're the enemy um uh, like they're back in the 90s cuba might as well have just been called cobra and <laughs> the u.s i mean of course we were gi joe i guess i don't know it felt like it was inspired by that whole uh Elyon scandal like I don't know I don't really remember if that happened before or after um, Thunder in Paradise came out but, uh, but whatever so anyway uh, basically a huge action act basically a huge action scene uh, takes place um, Hulk jumps out of the or no Hulk rides a wave runner slash jet ski out of the thunder and uh, that's when I realized that it's kind of impossible to look cool while riding a a jet ski or at least like the wave runner kind like if you were on the stand-up kind like that's impressive but but even hulk with like smoke and like bullets and stuff going on behind him 
even him looks lame, lame, you know, driving a wave runner because, you know, it doesn't really take any skill. You just sit there and, you know, work the throttle and you're like, you know, not, you don't even get any water splashed up on your face. Um, but, uh, Hey, if I'm wrong, comment about it. Like, let me know. <laughs> um, tell me how hard it is to ride a wave runner or maybe there's like tricks that I don't know. Um, so so yeah, blah blah blah. There's a there's a low budget action scene, um, and uh, Hulk. There's a really funny scene where Hulk he swims under a pier because he jumps off the uh, wave runner, swims under a pier, and these uh, Cuban soldiers they surround him and they're just like laying on the bullets like thick, and you're like, oh no, is Hulk gonna die? And uh, it's uh, hilarious because like when you see the underwater footage. Uh, there's not a single bullet like whizzing by like anywhere but uh, you know just don't pay attention to that stuff you know turn your mind off just have fun Jack um, so anyway Hulk defeats those guys by grabbing the um, the posts of the pier and smashing them and then of course the guys fall down and and Hulk's okay and so moving on Hulk um, he gets a hold of the, the the wife and the kid, and they speed out of there into the sunset and thunder. And there's basically a tinker tape parade, like welcoming them back. And they reunite the mother and son with the uh, the kid or with the dad. And those guys, I guess, live happily ever after. But unfortunately, us, the viewer, we do not, because then there's still like hour and 15 minutes to watch of this show um and it's weird like it moves in and out of being like uh entertaining and uh really annoying uh kind of like the sidekick one a uh, brew uh that is uh what was his name again chris lemon or is it lemon uh yeah i could tell they they like cast this guy because you know they wanted to get a guy who maybe had little bit more acting chops uh, than Hulk but uh, but man does he like ham it up and he's like he's one of those guys who I could see maybe like a producer or someone without a sense of humor like think is funny but is more annoying than anything else um, and uh, he just he just pour, hams it up and like in every scene uh, to different degrees of effect, uh, basically. Um, and of course, like there's very little character depth to any of these, any of these characters. Like basically what this uh, show slash movie actually is, is a commercial uh, for three things. And I wrote that down in here somewhere. Um, it is a commercial first for a boat, of course, you know, uh, you definitely want to get into a boating as soon as you can. It brings families together and, uh, you know, it's the old, the old American pastime. Forget baseball, start boating. Um, the second thing, um, commercial is for this hotel. Um, and the hotel is called, come on, where is it? It's got such an easy name. Um, I'll find it later. But uh, but anyway, yeah, for whatever reason, Hulk hangs out at this hotel. Well, the reason why is because his ex-wife, 
who they're never clear on exactly why they uh, they broke up. I guess <laughs> the reason why is because they're such different characters. I mean, Hulk, RJ, sorry, I keep he's got so many names I can't keep up with it. He's a free spirit, man. He rides a motorcycle, which that's another thing they're advertising. Like, <laughs> there's all these like I mean, they're basically commercial shots of um, of either Hulk riding a boat, Hulk riding a motorcycle. Or like uh, bikini, uh, bikini babes hanging out in this hotel. So there you go. Those are your three sponsors are right there. But yeah, Hulk, he is a free spirit, man. He wears snakeskin boots. He wears uh, jeans all the time. He wears uh, shirts with the sleeves cut off. He has a patch eye. <laughs> he's, got, he's always covering up his bald spot with that bandana, man. That is a, that is a man's man. And you see his wife uh megan whitaker um is uh though a very attractive woman she's a primp and proper british person uh at least i mean i don't think her british accent was real i don't really understand why they had to make her british i guess it's because even the absolute dumbest viewer could be like oh I get it. She's British, so that means she's proper. Like, if she had an American accent, that would mean that she's not. Um, or they made her that way because of um, the guy from the man with un- the guy from the man, the actor who was in the man from Uncle. He's a British dude who plays the bad uh, uncle who's trying to take away her hotel. Whew! There's so many plot threads for this movie that I mean, really, it's like. Uh, it's like Pulp Fiction over here, <laughs> but nowhere near as good. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I guess the idea is that she's prim and proper. He's a free spirit, so I guess they hooked up enough to get married and have a really obnoxious uh, little daughter. Um, I mean, she is the atypical like kid who is too smart, who doesn't act like a real little kid and like never um, stops talking. And I guess... You know this, at least uh, as far as Hulk and his ex-wife's um, their their dynamic, because Hulk decides to take this uh, his daughter um, parasailing, and then of course along comes Mrs. X Hulk, and she's all, "How dare you take my child and parasailing and dangerous and ho 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 tea and crumpets and all kinds of sugar and it's, I mean this." little girl i mean they're in florida like everyone parasails in florida like i think sometimes they give birth while parasailing there and like i know because i used to live there and yahel lives there and i wish he were here but he's not but that's okay you gotta move on man (laughs) all right so so yeah it's i don't know i guess there's no parasailing in england and she never got used to the parasailing where they live in in florida um, so yada, yada, yada. Um, so the uncle is going to take away, um, Hulk's wife's ex-wife's hotel. And at the same time, the bank is going to take away the thunder, the boat, the whole point of this show. And, uh, you know, and Hulk and brew, there's, there's nothing they can do about it. Um, cause I mean, I guess they just don't want to get regular jobs like, you know, if you live in Florida, you're either a guy on a boat or you're nothing. Uh, at least that's what I've learned from watching Thunder in Paradise. Uh, you either have a cool boat or you're nothing. 
Um, so that leads to the hilarious scenario in which in which Hulk has to propose to his ex-wife and they have to get uh, married again. Um, so, and that's pretty much exactly what happens. Um, and man, if you guys could have seen the bow tie that Hulk was wearing <laughs> at, his, uh, at his supposed wedding, which is on top of the hotel, of course. Um, and then, of course, he's got his uh, patch eye and bandana. I mean, it was like some sort of uh, 80s pirate, like getting married. <laughs> um, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, so they get married and... All the while, oop, I forgot about a very important plot point. Uh, after Hulk um, gets back from from rescuing that Cuban couple, he then decides to play with this dead hammerhead shark and his daughter. Um, he's like trying to describe, I guess, in a hilarious way, how um, he caught the shark and like ripped it to shreds and stuff. All the while, there's like a a dead shark corpse uh, right there uh, next to him. And he like jams his hand through it. Like, I, I hope it wasn't real. Uh, it looked pretty real. Um, but hey, Hulk is just so manly. You know, he can do, he can play with whatever shark corpses he wants, I guess. But anyway, they just, for a laugh, he thinks it would be funny if he sees what's in the shark's belly. And lo and behold, they find this... Uh, necklace and he gives it <laughs> he doesn't clean it or anything he adds it straight to uh to his daughter and that's what leads us into the next plot after the wedding this group of i guess actual pirates these treasure hunters or um they were never really clear about uh, i don't know mercenaries or something uh they see a picture of the daughter wearing the necklace and they're like, oh, man, that's where my next score is. So, so yada, yada, yada. They show up. And again, very quickly, um, the Hulk dispatches them. Uh, all of them except for El Gigante is there or Giant Gonzalez, whatever you want to call him. This seven foot seven wrestler. And he uh, they do battle. And, and in beautiful, hilarious slow-mo, Hulk throws him around or no el gigante throws around hulk uh, like it's nothing and uh that's pretty funny but somehow they still overcome them the uh the main villain steals the necklace straight in mr burns fashion steals the necklace straight off of the daughter's neck and um and they run but uh then the uh hulk comes after him grabs the necklace and it shatters in the sand uh, but the bad guys still get away. They get the necklace, realize it's a puzzle, put it together, and lo and behold, it's a treasure map. So here we are in, I guess, uh, Act 3? I don't even know if this even was a three-act structure. But um, but yeah, so now it's turned into Indiana Jones. So Hulk, Brew... And Hulk's ex-wife all have to go on a little uh, treasure hunt. And that is where uh, they find the treasure. Then the bad guys also show up. And um, and uh, yada, yada, yada. Like, I gotta be honest, I uh, 
didn't finish it. But I assumed that Hulk saved the day. And, um, and yeah, like, hmm. So I guess the big question here is, should you watch uh, Thunder in Paradise? Um, hmm. I mean, how big of a Hulk fan are you? Um, I think maybe if you had the right kind of uh, adult beverages and enough friends at a party, you can get um, eh, some decent entertainment out of it. Uh, I think watching Hulk in his acting style is always entertaining. And just some of the choices they made, like the whole like shark play around thing. Um, his, uh, or I wanted to find out if his wife was actually British or not. Let's see. I mean, her name is Felicity. She has to be. Oh my gosh, she was born in England. And I, now I feel bad because I assumed her, her accent was fake this whole time. I guess the only fake was me. Anyway, um, I wonder if she stuck around for any other episodes. Uh, I liked in the later episodes of the show, I always liked when Sting showed up. <laughs> Not the bass player, but the wrestler. Um, yeah, the wrestling, uh, the wrestler cameos are cool. You got Jim the Anvil Nightheart and <laughs> Brutus the Beefcake, if, if anyone out there is a fan of him. And of course, uh, Jimmy Hart in the Mouth of the South. Um, those were fun. And of course, uh, the Giant Gonzalez. Um, and I know there's many other wrestling ca wrestler cameos as the show went on. Uh, you might want to stick to the show. At least it's um, shorter. Um, <laughs> this was uh, really hard to get through. Uh, you can all, you can watch it on YouTube, the whole thing, uh, by the way. Um, but, uh, I mean, once it started getting around 2 o'clock, I, I just couldn't make it. And I, I had to go to bed. And I swore I was going to watch the last 15 minutes of it today. But it just didn't happen so if I can't make it through it eh, you're probably not gonna make it through it either um, unless you have friends and beverages and uh, so uh, there you go let's take a look at some of the people behind the camera directed by Douglas Schwartz hmm wonder if he ever worked again after this uh, written by Michael Burke story by Michael Burke so he's to blame um and Douglas Schwartz so there you go those are the guys to blame for this uh the the old Burke Schwartz uh production team um I wonder if they ever worked again let's find out let's see Michael Burke um, Planet Baywatch uh, okay all right so there you go he was a dude who worked on Baywatch and they got him to they brought him over to work his uh, magic on Thunder in Paradise. Uh, let's check the other guy. Doug Douglas Schwartz. Use the Schwartz. Huh? Reference. And he was a Baywatch guy too. Oh, what? Oh, he did special effects for Runaway Train? Hmm. That's odd. It's a great movie though. You should check out Runaway Train. Forget Thunder in Paradise and watch Runaway Train. Uh, so I think that is going to do it for, whoops, I think that's going to do it for, what was this again? <laughs> Thunder in uh, Paradise. So we're going to go to our last segment right now. What on earth have you been working on? It's time for Project Report. 
All right, this is the project report section where we talk about um, the various stuff that we've been working on throughout the week. Um, uh, I guess Yehel is working on a, a very in-depth video, which is what he's known for. Uh, so make sure you check out uh, the Wrestling With Gaming YouTube page because that's uh, where all of his videos are. Let's see, what have I been working on? I've been getting more art uh, from my artist or illustrator uh, for my comic. Um, uh, another friend of mine and I, I sat in on uh, his future YouTube show in which we watched a terrible movie, almost as bad as uh, Thunder in Paradise, probably worse because it didn't even have a soundtrack. Um, but uh, the very first episode of that will be available who knows when, but I'm sure I will let all of you know uh, if you're interested um, and uh, aside from that I believe that's everything well I thank you so much for joining me your good pal Steve here on episode number four of obscurity now uh, please subscribe and like and all that stuff and the pre-recorded video that I'm about to play is going to ask you to do all that stuff again this is available as a uh, podcast on uh, Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and all that other stuff. If streaming shows are not your thing or if watching the replay on YouTube is not your thing. I mean, we've got a th something's got to be your thing and I want to give it to you. Whatever your thing is, I want to give it to you. But my thing is obscure media <laughs> and I hope yours is too. So we will see you next time. And remember... It's not obscurity soon, it's obscurity now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and broadcast to Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes. And take notice of our various social media links, if that's what you're into. I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity Now. 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 Now.